hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. And we just lost Kirk, but that's okay. We're going to keep it rolling. <laughs> I am your co-host, Cam. With me soon, I hope, uh, will be your other co-host, Kirk. And it is Monday night, June 6th, 2022. You know what it is. It's Popcorn for Breakfast live stream. Thank you so much for being here. If you're listening on the podcast, then it's not a live stream for you. But thank you for being here as well. And if you ever want to join us, you can. 9.30 Central Time every Monday night. Uh, You can join us. And uh, we'd be so glad to have you. Check it out. I know that's a little bit late, 9.30. But, you know, everybody's still awake at 9.30. You can wind down your day with us, listen to some movie news, listen to some some thoughts on movies and TV and all those fun things. And it'll be a good time. And here's Kirk. Hey, Kirk. Hello, hello. I was worried. I thought you got sucked into the, uh, into the upside down there for a second. I think I was. I heard running uphill about six times while I was there. <laughs> And I'll be running up that road, be running up that hill. Is that what was going on? That's exactly. I think it was your voice. It was. Yeah, it was me. Uh, And I I followed the directions, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm back today, right now. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's yeah. You got you got to stay frosty out there. You got to have your music ready to go. Um, But thank you, thank you, Kirk, for being here. I was just uh, telling everyone about our lovely live stream and the, the fun things that we do on Monday nights. If you listen in podcast form, that's cool too. Um, but I no longer refer to Monday as Monday. I now refer to it as uh, two more days till Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's, that's how mm. I refer to it. Uh, you could also this week, you could, you could call it two more days till Miss Marvel, which will be kicking off later this week. That's nuts. It that's is. Nuts. It snuck up, didn't it? Yes. I don't even understand that because we were in my mind that's linked so closely to Thor love and thunder. Yes. And really it is because we're one step closer to that. But I, I just, all of the, the previous, you know, eight month or one year separation from the original phase one, phase two, phase three is still in my head. So thinking about how close they are really just boggles my brain. It's crazy. And and these things do sneak up on you now. Like I, I really felt that way with Dr. Strange. I was like, wait, we're here. I feel like this was just announced, (laughs) you know, and we had been talking about it for so long, but um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how close together those projects are. And it's weird. Like, Right now, we are in like a TV cornucopia of insane amounts of content. Like, I, I I don't know why they decided to do this. It feels very dumb, but it's like every major streamer was like, let's put out our best stuff right now, you know, like pull the lever, unload the clip. Like, we want all of the best stuff out there. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Stranger Things 4 probably the two most anticipated TV shows, you know, like Stranger Things 4, anticipated return of a TV show um, of the year. And they drop them on the same day. They came out on the same day. So it's like, and then all this other stuff, like I'm watching The Boys, I'm watching Hacks, which just wrapped up actually, watching Barry. Uh, I mean, there's, there is so much television right now. And then Miss Marvel starts this Wednesday. Like it's absolutely nuts. Right, and, and don't forget, I mean, Top Gun, still number one movie in America. Yeah, that's right. right. Now is still running hot in the theaters. Yeah, I mean, so we're heading straight into so blockbuster movie do. season. Yeah, and meanwhile, all I can do is watch TV because th- there's so much to be 
to be watching. It's it's insane. And that's why we're no longer a movie podcast, guys. <laughs> They're announcing today. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it's taking up a lot of my time. And and that's the thing is like why do that if you're all like why line up with these real like why increase the competition because now you're fighting for hours. Like I think they said that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Stranger Things both broke records with the amount of hours they were streamed uh, when they premiered. Um, they said they said that uh, Stranger Things had three times more. This was Nielsen. Nielsen reported that Stranger Things four had three times more hours watched than Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's also three times longer. So right. it's actually neck and neck in terms of like relativity. But you right. know, if you're not one of those shows, like think about the boys. And the boys is a big show. It's a huge show. It's a huge draw. Um, but still, like, if I'm the boys, I don't want to go up against Stranger Things four and Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't necessarily want to go up against Miss Marvel. You know? No, definitely not. And it's it's kind of um, naive to think like, oh, that's not our crowd. You know, they're yeah. not going to watch this if they're going to if they're this type of, of uh, consumer. You know, of our show. No, they're going to watch all of it. They're going to watch every one of those at the same time. It's true. And we've got some major, major movie releases coming up um, in June. And I think that kicks off like this. This last weekend was definitely it's an overused term, but like a calm before the storm in terms of movie releases, because this weekend we've got Jurassic World Dominion, which is a massive film, massive. Uh, We've also got Lightyear coming out soon. We've got. Thor Love and Thunder. I mean, a month from Wednesday is Thor Love and Thunder. So, I mean, it's we're getting really close to a, a bunch of huge movie releases, too. Um, it just feels like the 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 COVID <laughs> backlog floodgates have been opened, and they're like, here, see everything we've been working on for the last three years, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy, but good, good, especially if you enjoy watching lots of content. Yes. But before we get into the news, Kirk, I would love to talk about Jurassic World because okay. this, I don't know. I can't tell. This is a huge thing. Like, this is the end, presumably. I mean, this is what they're calling it, the end of the Jurassic franchise, a franchise that has been around since 1993, obviously with a huge lapse between Jurassic World and Jurassic, I mean, Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World. But, you know, a six-film franchise one of the most iconic film franchises of all time. And it's coming to a close <laughs> this weekend. You know, it's releasing. And this is a, this is a franchise that uh, goes beyond the, the U.S. borders. This is a franchise that has always performed really well internationally. So this just really represents a huge change and turning point in... Uh, in cinema to, to say goodbye to these characters and goodbye to this world. And I feel like I can't tell if it's being talked about enough or, or not enough, but it's crazy that we're here. And so I want to talk about Jurassic world dominion. Uh, we actually big announcement here. I will drop. We are getting the rare opportunity to screen this ahead of time. So we will actually screen it tomorrow night at a private screening uh, with a, with a bunch of fellow movie critics and, and others. So that's going to be a good time. And we are going to use that opportunity to give you guys an inside scoop on Jurassic World Dominion before it releases. Spoiler-free, of course. We will announce that loud and clear. We will have a spoiler-free review of Jurassic World Dominion releasing later this week uh, for you to listen to before you go into the movie. So really, really excited about that. 
But with Jurassic World Dominion comes a close to a franchise. And Kirk, I have to know, what is it that you need to see in this movie from director Colin Trevorrow, from all of our cast members, both current and returning, to make this franchise in this film a success? I need to see two things, Cam. I need to see someone from the old school Jurassic Park perish, and I need to see someone sacrifice them from the new school Jurassic World also die. Mm, mm. I need two people. I don't know who those people should be. You just want them to commit to it? Yeah. I feel like what it should be, I think Laura Dern walks away unscathed. You know, some scratches from some dinosaur fights. Sure. But I don't think she succumbs to anything. I think it's our boy Jeff Goldblum. I think he's going to get eaten. I like it. I like that take just because of what he represents in the franchise. Um, Now, it's like they have to have... There has to be for the greater good because I think that the the real burden that they have to deal with if they're going to finally finish this franchise they have to leave us in a place where it's like we are okay with the outcome so like obviously from the trailers the whole premise of this is the dinosaurs have left the island as we saw with fallen kingdom they were like getting auctioned off and it became like this whole black market thing the dinosaurs are around in the human world and now they're taking over right so you've got this like battle of prehistoric forces versus current forces that they're trying to resolve. But I think obviously that has to be resolved and it has to be resolved in a way that is satisfactory. It has to be resolved in a way that's like, yes, dinos are still around because I don't, I don't think the answer is let's kill them all off and get rid of all of them. I think that would go against the thesis of the franchise. Right. But it so, also can't be like there's a new world where dinosaurs and people live together because that, that doesn't work either, I don't think. Well, clearly, because there is conflict in this world <laughs> in the trailer. True. <laughs> so I think Jeff Goldblum maybe gets injured and he has to become, you know, oh, what's the guy? What's the character in Walking Dead that Shane throws to the to Oh, the no. Yeah, what is that his guy. name? Like Rob or something like that? That, guy, that character that he, he just like, you know, kicks him in the leg and runs right so it's gotta be it's gotta be jeff goldblum but in this case he's sacrificing himself he's already injured from something else that happens in the movie and he is humming and purring and saying something hilarious to get the dinosaurs to come his way as his final hurrah goodbye to save the rest of the group to do whatever they need to do and then i think then i think it's chris pratt Mm. because as far as humanity goes I think that he, you know, as we're seeing, we're only seeing him holding up his hands and directing dinosaurs in this movie. That's all. He is just doing full-blown dinosaur air control traffic on the ground, okay? And I think that he sacrifices himself as well in order to live, uh, show that uh, we don't have to kill these dinosaurs, but Mm. there has to be a way to move forward. And I think Bryce Dallas Howard, I think she takes up that mantle as her full story arc and moves forward with the first um, orphanage for dinosaurs going forth into the seventh film. The orphanage. (laughs) Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard established the first private dinosaur dinosaur orphanage orphanage in New York City. (laughs) Oh my God. If that happens, dude, Incredible. Lin-Manuel <laughs> steps out. <laughs> they the do a show-stopping musical number at the end, and it just really kills. I, I mean, hey, that would be awesome. 
But I do like the idea, in all seriousness, I do like the idea of that arc for for Bryce's character because mm-hmm. she obviously starts as like the cynical CEO type, right? And then has right. to has to realize that they're you know they're messing with all sorts of evolutionary type forces, you know, prehistoric forces, things like that. Um, so I do like that. And I, I do think like Chris Pratt's character doesn't make sense in a world without dinosaurs. So like, depending on what the resolution is, there might be a need symbolically for him to go. Um, so we'll see, you know, whether, whether it's Chris Pratt's, uh, Owen Grady or Bryce's Claire daring. Um, I don't think she's going to be the one to go to your point, but we'll see if they have the guts. I mean, there's been a lot of movies recently where I'm like, oh, they're going to have to kill somebody off to help tell the story, and they just don't follow through with it. Um, but I think for me, it really is. It really does come down to that resolution because here, here is the thing, and I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm not trying to throw out hot takes. That's not really my my shtick. But this franchise, by and large, is bad. <laughs> like it's more bad than good. Right? Like, yeah, there are two good movies in the five film franchise and it's the first one, Jurassic park, 1993, iconic, timeless, brilliant, incredible. That is like when people, when you, when you tell people Jurassic park, they only think of that film. They don't think of the lost world. They don't think of Jurassic park three. They don't think of Jurassic world. And even if you say Jurassic world, they probably still think about Jurassic park one because that is the movie. The Lost World, not good, in my opinion. I did not like it. Um, there are some people who are diehards about it, to each their own. Jurassic Park 3, hated that as well. Just, <sighs> I did not love that movie. And Jurassic World is a great revival for the franchise, um, but it never gets to the point of Jurassic Park 1. It never reaches that level. It doesn't, it doesn't come particularly close, considering what Jurassic Park 1 is. And then Fallen Kingdom is a total miss. It's uh it just had no it had no clarity of vision. So this is really it. I mean, this is this is kind of similar to the conversation we were having about the Bond series, um, where it's like there are some real stinkers in there, but I think there are even more in this franchise. And so this kind of has to be the defining one. Um, and I think it's an I think it's an important one. Uh so I would I would also accept, you know, some some speculation at this point. Are you open to speculation right now, too, Kim? I am. Yeah, fire away. I would I would love to see you know the little boy, uh, the little redheaded boy, and possibly his sister show up. Now I haven't seen Fallen Kingdom. I'm watching it tonight. I've already rented it. Yeah, and so I don't know if he pops into Fallen Kingdom. Does he show up there? No. Okay, gotcha. I would accept if the brother sister appear in this one. In some regard, I don't know how, but jo- Joseph, uh, Joseph Matz, I think Matzarello, uh, his full name, but you know him from Radio Flyer and The Good Son. Oh, so you're and talking Tim. You're talking, you're talking little Tim from the I first am. From He's the not first The Good movie. Son. I'm and, talking uh, Tim. And yeah. uh, his sister's name is Lex? Sarah. <laughs> I think it's Lexi or Lex? Lex Luther. Lex. It's Lex. It's Lex. <laughs> Final answer. Um, that is correct. I that could be cool. That could be cool. I think he should show up. I don't know how. I don't know why. Samuel L. Jackson show up. He's dead, right? He says, "Hold on to your butts." Well, he could. I mean, nobody's ever really dead, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs>
that Ned is, is actually still being digested <laughs> inside the dinosaur that yeah, ate him. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, go on. I interrupted a, a, yeah, your point. I think they, they have an opportunity. I mean, they're bringing back the three big hitters. Why not the kids, right? That would be pretty cool to see those actors come in and just like slay, uh, even if it's for five seconds, even if they are, they roll up and they're like, nope. And then they roll out, even if it's a cameo. But yeah. I think you have to pay that tribute for, from the, like you said, from the first one, because the first one is what everyone thinks of. When I went to um, Hawaii and we're driving, you know, in the Kalua ranch and we get to see the places where Jurassic world was, was filmed. You see the footprints in the ground. They're not playing the theme to any other of the sequels. They're not talking about Jurassic Park 3 with the kid, no. uh, wh- whatever his name was, the littlest kid who it was only a child actor, but they're talking about number one. So bring back all the goods because Jurassic World 1 was so good because of all of the Jurassic Park references. Yeah, and yeah, it's... I think it's going to be tough to finish out this franchise. Like I, I haven't seen any reviews or anything of it, but I just, I really, I look at it and I go, there is just a lot to be done here. And they're introducing new characters, which I'm like, not sure that's totally necessary. Maybe there'll be smaller roles, but it's, it's, I think this is an ambitious project here. So yes. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but Jurassic World Dominion, we'll be seeing it. Like I said, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, then we've we've probably already seen it, unless you listen to it first thing Tuesday morning or during your drive. Um, but we'll be we'll be getting into it. It's very exciting. Um, I hope they do a great job. I, like I want nothing more than for it to be a smash success and a huge epic send off, like the most epic dinosaur battles. The whole thing. I just want it to be a total return to form. I want it to give me all the Jurassic Park vibes. I want it to be great. We'll see if it is. But with that, Kirk, now that we've primed it, and like I said, we will have a review of that later this week, spoiler free. Um, let's jump into what's popping. Let's talk about the movie news from this week. Let's get after Please. it. Please. All right. So first up... I want to talk about this. We had a couple of new trailers come out. A couple of new trailers, both from Disney and both somewhat surprises in different ways. The first one I want to talk about is Pinocchio. So I'm going to throw that up real quick. So we got a trailer for Pinocchio. This is the live action Pinocchio with uh, Tom Hanks as Geppetto. I feel like we've been hearing about this project for a thousand million years. <laughs> like this, this mysterious project where Tom Hanks plays Geppetto. Well, it's real. It's here. It's coming September 8th. But this is this is that film, live action Pinocchio. Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Cynthia Revo as the Blue Fairy. Um, it's got Jiminy Cricket. It's got Pinocchio. Like all of the... And the design that you know from the cartoon. It is a Disney live-action remake, and it's here. But here's what's interesting, Kirk. The, the trailer we got is only a teaser. This movie comes out in September, so we're, we're getting close to full full trailer territory, you would think. But, and I don't know, Kirk, you might have to remind me, I don't know if this was reported before, but they're saying releases on Disney Plus September 8th, not wow. in theaters. I don't remember. Here's what I'm most concerned about for your sake, Cam. Oh. You ready for this? Uh, maybe. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> um, Cam, you've been vocal about when these live action films have come out, if they're shot for shot, what's the point? And yeah. this 
looks shot for shot. Here's why I say it. I just uh, allowed my kids to watch this for the first time uh-huh. because, you know, it's kind of intense. Sure. And yeah. It looks really close to the original. Yeah, I hate a shot for shot remake because it's very dumb. It's it's very very dumb and it's just it's for no it's for no other reason than just like money or or in this case like subscriptions, clicks, things like that. Um, and I hate that. I really do hate that. And it just it feels cheap. Uh, and it's just like not good. Like who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch a shot for shot remake? I mean, that was really my problem with the Lion King and I know that like there are good aspects to the Lion King live action remake and the way that they executed it was good but they gave the exact same movie again right um which is weird (laughs) and i i felt i felt similarly with beauty and the beast and many of the other remakes that they've done um and I, i i just by and large really don't like the live action remakes but what really bothers me about this trailer is one thing in the middle of it a little bit of text pops up and it says a timeless classic I go, no, no. A classic, sure. Timeless, definitely not. I feel like this movie has aged like milk in the hot sun. I feel like it is terrifying. It is weird. It is problematic. (laughs) I just do not like it. I have not shown it to my kids. I probably won't for a very long time. I don't feel like this movie, among the other Disney classics, stands above the rest. Uh, in any sort of way other than the um, When You Wish Upon a Star, which is obviously an iconic tune, but that alone cannot carry this movie and it can't can't relieve the craziness that is Pleasure Island and the freaking whale. Uh, The whole thing gets very bizarre. Um, So... For that reason, I'm out on this, and they, they have to win back my favor. But I will say, if the only good that comes of this is a Cynthia Erivo version of When You Wish Upon a Star, I'll take that. I, that's a nice consolation prize, because she has an incredible voice. So, that's, that's a win in my book. But... Pinocchio. Kirk, do you have any additional thoughts on Pinocchio? Or, like, is there anything you saw in this trailer that you're like, okay, I'm more interested, I'm less interested, whatever? No. no, The same level of why uh, actually comes into play. Like, super excited. That feeling doesn't go away of Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Like, I feel like this should have been a Broadway show and Tom Hanks should have been on it, like a limited run. When I think about all the crazy things in... Pinocchio, you get the the crazy transformation into donkeys. Yes. Why? There's already a puppet uh, turning into a real boy. You get the crazy, you know, insane promotion for tobacco, which I'm assuming will not be <laughs> in this. <laughs> no, version. I think they're going to run that back. I think they're going to run that back. <laughs> um, I mean, they swear left and right like sailors in this, and uh, I think you're going to have uh, like you know the cursing count up to like Scarface level <laughs> for the Disney element, and then the the uh, the whole the whole um, what's it called the island not the island of misfit toys pleasure island the, uh, yeah the pleasure island like it's nuts it's absolutely nuts i think this is pretty intense that's why i waited until my son was eight and a half and then i still kind of regretted it to, to let him watch it yeah it's it's going to be interesting what they shot you know they keep shot for shot and what they change and adapt into this new world that's not timeless yeah 
Agreed. I, I I am not like I feel the opposite about this as I do with many of the things we're going to talk about, which is that I don't feel excited about this yeah. at all, and I will probably reluctantly watch it. And as much as I try not to do this and try to go into everything with an open mind, I'm going to want to hate this movie for sure. So it's an uphill battle. It's just going to be an yeah. uphill battle, but we will uh, we'll see what we can do. All right, moving right along, and hopefully the internet. Uh, the internet is our friend for the rest of the time. We'll see what happens. Okay. Let's talk about this other trailer, which came completely out of left field. It's Walt Disney Animation Studios. New movie. Very, very few details about this film have been released to date. Um, even this even this teaser trailer that they release has no cast information at all. Usually they use these. I'm thinking back to like Onward when they were like, Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, you know, in the teaser to get everybody hyped. And this has none of that. This doesn't say who it is, but uh, we have figured out that the lead character is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. So we know that. Um, Which is exciting because I believe it's his first foray into the Disney Animated Studios uh, feature film kind of world. And he'll get a chance to be a live action or an animated main character there but this this is an interesting one because so the the title of the film is strange world it's coming out later this year november in that like thanksgiving release window that disney animation studios likes to do and really the plot is hard to understand other than or or there's really just not much there yet other than it's explore explorers on a new planet presumably and they're just trying to kind of figure out what they're doing there and and you know at least our our protagonist here uh, played by jake gyllenhaal doesn't feel like he's meant to be there he, he says i'm a farmer not an explorer you know and it's this whole thing the the aesthetic is very um 1930s monster movie trailer they even do like at the beginning of the trailer um like a black and white with the crazy like really hammed up voiceover that's like mystery beyond your wildest dreams type of thing Um, so i dig that and i like the the color palette and i mean there's not much else to go off of here other than that because the plot details are so slim but i am intrigued and uh kirk want to get your thoughts on this trailer i'm the opposite on this one i don't like that how it was presented in this trailer like at all i watched it earlier and i was like like i'm i'm a fan of of like the presentation but i get no idea of what the real world is in this because those elements of how bright and cheery it is conflicting with the old school real intro it it really is just off-putting to me it really it, it honestly looks like okay yeah it they're they're announcing the movie the blob but it's really a yeah. hybrid of titan ae and treasure island uh mixed together heavy treasure island vibes like when yeah. they were showing the airships go through the atmosphere i was like well this looks exactly like treasure island the way the the characters dress and and things uh there are certainly some things in there aesthetically it also feels very onward um, in terms of character design, which I know that was Pixar and this was, this is Disney animation studios, but the color palettes, the, the character design is similar there. Um, Kirk, you'll be less enthused to know that this is being helmed by the creators of Raya and the last dragon, which I know you were not a fan of. I absolutely 
loved that movie and gave it massive praise. So maybe this will be another one, Kirk, where we will be widely <laughs> split. But from my point of view, I am intrigued by what I've seen, though I have no idea what the plot is. Uh, but it sounds like you're on the opposite side of the coin there. What if in this film it's the opposite? What if I turn out to love <laughs> this movie and you're like, what a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible follow-up. Yeah, Same we'll see. Creators. It's it's really funny. This is my favorite thing to do. Uh, <laughs> Jackie is always convinced any any trailer I show her for a new movie, she's like, it's going to bomb. Like, it doesn't matter. It could be the best trailer in the world. but And she is like... The biggest Disney stan ever. Like, loves all the animated movies. She's seen them all. She's literally seen every Disney animated feature film, whatever. And yet, with each trailer I show her, specifically for Disney movies, she goes, that one's going to bomb. This is going to bomb. Every time. (laughs) So, uh, she said it again with this one. I was not even slightly surprised. Um, But we'll see. We'll see if she's right this time. And if you're right. So, it's, it's two against one right now. I don't think it's going to perform well. It's Strange World. It's releasing in theaters. So different from Pinocchio, it's going to release in theaters November 23rd. November 23rd, 2022. So it's coming in hot. Hopefully we get more voice acting details soon. I was trying to put my my ears to the test, you know. Uh, but I have to be honest, even my first listen through, I didn't pick up on that being Jake Gyllenhaal. It made sense to me as soon as I heard as soon as I knew it, but I would never, I could have listened to it a thousand times and probably not come up with that. So um, yep. we'll see strange world uh, coming this November. Alrighty. Let's move along to some other big news, casting news, uh, a movie we've talked about before, but it's starting to really come together. This movie will be releasing November of 2023. So a full year after strange world. And that film is Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, and that movie is is getting some casting news. First, we heard, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but Tom Blythe is going to play um, the younger version of President Snow, as this is a prequel. So keep that in mind. This is a prequel. And um, he has not been in much. He's, he's just now starting to come come into the limelight his his movie benediction just came out recently he has a role in that movie um so maybe you have to check that out ahead of time but the big casting that stole the headlines this week is uh rachel zegler rachel zegler of west side story fame also forthcoming she will be snow white she's in shazam 2 fury of the gods she's a big name like probably the hottest name in all of hollywood right now in terms of the credits that she's racking up in such a small amount of time, but she will star as the main character in this film. And she announced it really kind of herself. Uh, Lucy gray Baird is the name of the character. I've not read the book, but she, she put out a cryptic tweet in which the first letter of every word that she tweeted spelled out Lucy gray Baird. Um, Wow. She's big on the Twitters. She's a good follow if you don't, um, if you partake in the Twitters. So I recommend you do that. But how are you feeling about this movie, Kirk? I know we talked about it earlier, and we were both under the impression that uh, Jennifer Lawrence was somehow involved in this project, even with it being a prequel way before her time. She is not. Um, So I want to represent this question and say, knowing the brief casting that we have of the two leads and the fact that it's a prequel with no real 
character ties from the first movie in terms of actual actors. How interested are you in a prequel to the Hunger Games franchise? I gotta say not very, not very. Um, I was hoping for if J-Law was coming in, it'd be like a flashback, it'd be like a retelling, it'd be like someone from her family explaining something, I don't know, a completely new character with, a, with you know, Snow Snow carries over. We'll have a couple of people that yeah. are like older, like the mentors and people who were survivors of their district wins and everything. But I don't know. I, I just don't feel like the Hunger Games generated uh, enough staying power in its finale for mm. it to be powerful enough to get a prequel now in 2023. Yeah. I always have thought with the Hunger Games that their decision to split the finale into two was a bad choice because I thought that if it was pared down to one movie, it actually would have been a really good movie finale. And to go to come off of Catching Fire straight into which Catching Fire was the best of the series far and away, but to come off of that movie straight into Mockingjay part one and have this sort of like unfinished thought of a movie was really uh, it, it was a momentum killer and it just like at the time I was still excited for for the third film but I think like looking back it's like I wasn't nearly as excited as I would have been had they done it the other way I think I think it had more potential if they would have just stuck with their guns and just done one movie and not try to make it a money grab you know i agree and you know what i want to see sometime in our lifetime i would really love to see a movie with an old school intermission during it mm. give me a once upon a time in the west once upon a time in america uh i don't know if once upon a time in the west has an intermission but once upon a time in america does and just put it smack dab in the middle make it four hours give me a 20 minute intermission let me go to the bathroom let me grab, grab some extra snacks and come back and finish that movie and i think that at some point someone's got to do it i don't know who it's going to be but i think it's out there for the taking and i think it would be so incredible yeah, I mean, we're not too far removed from when they've done that. I mean, I remember intermission in Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, which was like 2005, uh, well, six, I, three. I never saw that. I never uh, saw it in theater. And it had it had an intermission. It was a three and a half hour film, and it made and it got nom- it got nominated for best picture. It won best picture. Sorry. Uh, so it can be done. But it's time again. I think the problem is the money, which sucks. I hate. I hate that that is getting in the way of like making things good. <laughs> you know, let's release it twice and that way we get double the money and then they, they don't really care if it's good or if it's timeless and will have value onward because I feel like this series had such potential. The first movie was like good enough to where you're like, ooh, okay, I'm in. Whatever comes next. The second movie was incredible, mind-blowing, so good. And then it's like if you if you cap that off with a third movie that's like tight, concise, action-packed the way it would have been if they did it in one movie, then it's like legendary status. Honestly, it would, it would be right. a legendary franchise. And instead, it's like uh, this feels like a money grab franchise. It makes this kind of cheapens this prequel, makes this prequel feel like a money grab, and you're just like, eh, whatevs. Yeah, it's nuts. It's that's why I mean that money gets in the way of those things so easily and so often where if they just step back and let the creative process really round its corner, then I think that it'll be more successful with 
with the creators at the at the wheel versus you know the evil money those business people suits up in their tower i know you just can't can't have them they're bad news and i don't know who would go to school for business that's a crazy thing what what a bunch what of a evil waste of money people. and then to if continue going to school and get your mba like that's oh. just uh, those people are sick if Sickos. i knew anyone who went to school for business right and then furthered with their master degree and <laughs> more business just i wouldn't want to be caught dead next to <laughs> yeah man i'm gonna go uh pull some stuff off my wall real quick no no reason <laughs> uh yeah it but it does get in the way of the art you know it's art versus science it's always the thing um so we'll see i'm intrigued i i, mean, I will obviously see it but i'm not i'm not like excited about it i am intrigued that maybe they make something good out of it we'll see all right next up i want to talk about netflix um netflix is always finding themselves in the news, I feel like they are constantly re-strategizing, retooling, reformulating, and apparently that's that's ongoing. Um, in the midst of their subscriber, I don't want to call it a death spiral because that's like a really extreme phrase, um, but you know, two million subscribers over the course of two quarters is a lot. That's what they're projected to to lose. So they're, they're definitely rethinking some things over there. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, a lot of their emphasis right now is focused on films, what they're doing with their movies. Um, and the report is that they're really considering moving away from two things. First, being expensive, what they're calling expensive, and by they, I mean The Hollywood Reporter. They're calling expensive vanity projects that are... We're trying to bring in some huge talent, let them do whatever they want, um, just so we can draw their niche crowd. So think of like the Irishman or probably marriage story falls into that category. Um, maybe the thing that they're doing with Wes Anderson that's coming up would fall into that category, but you know, big mm -hmm. names amongst a certain group of people that are really expensive, but don't really drive like massive volume. And then they're also trying to do away with the exact opposite of that which is low budget films um and so their focus is to decrease the volume of films that they put out every year which you know for the last two years they've touted that they release a new movie every week so it sounds like that will be going away and to take their film slate and make them bigger and better bigger scale bigger talent better quality films overall what's your reaction to that kirk well, Cam, that sounds, you know, you're cutting out the top and the bottom and you're shooting for the middle. Sounds like public school to me. Oh! Come on, hit that rim. Hit that, hit that. <laughs> it does, it does. But it sounds like a good business strategy, you know, back to business and MBAs. Uh, because while that is intriguing, you have to get subscribers on there. And what's, what's the cost? Is it best for Netflix to then pursue that type of film or TV show? Or is it better to let someone else take that, right? Who has, like Amazon's always going to have viewers because it's Amazon Prime will always have it because of Prime. It's tied to everyone shipping all the boxes, right? You get Prime Video when you have an Amazon account done, right? Maybe that's what they pick up where, as Netflix drops those off. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm encouraged by it because I think there is a type of film that releases on Netflix. And, and it's not like the really crappy like Hallmark stuff that they come up with. 
but it's the stuff like what was that movie we watched with um red notice no but yes also <laughs> uh, but the one that we watched with anthony mackie where he's like a he's like he's ha- a robot he's a robot He's a cyborg. What was we, we reviewed, I think we reviewed it on the podcast. We did not like that movie. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like that and like Triple Frontier. Uh, there is this this tier of movies. Even like Project Power, though, like there were good things about Project Power. Yeah. There is a tier of movies that's like noticeably low quality, but with big name actors, and they just like you can tell that they're not trying to make a great movie. They're just trying to make a watchable movie that will attract people with the the name and the premise and the actors and just get people to watch it. Like it feels like a total, like, like a product. <laughs> like they're right. like, here, buy yes. this product. Yeah, the movie was called Outside the Wire. Outside the Wire. That's how forgettable it was. This was only last year that we watched, reviewed. Yeah, yeah. And forgot about this movie. <laughs> I remember plenty from it, I feel like. Kind of. Um, I remember one scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, now, that I th- now that I say that, I remember like vague details about it, but it was not good. But there, there are a lot of those that have been released on Netflix over the last three years. And I think if that's the kind of stuff they're doing away with, or if they're taking those projects with those people and investing in making it a great film, then even better. Like, I feel like that is still good. Like, I, I want that for them. Things like Knives Out too. I'm really excited about that. That That's a big movie that can't that makes sense to go on Netflix. It also makes sense to release in theaters. But I, I feel like there is work to be done with their movie slate. And there's a lot of crappy movies that they put out that they could they could sort of thin thin the fat a little bit. Agreed. Let's hope that it happens and let's hope that it works the way we want it to. Cause I, I, I don't like signing up for less content, but if it is quality over quantity, I will take that. I will take mm-hmm. that. And I feel like Netflix has to get the shows thing, the shows wheel spinning again. Cause obviously stranger things is still a huge draw. That was kind of a big question mark for me. Like, would it be a huge draw? And it is. So that is a good sign that they need to continue to, develop really high quality original shows that they can hook people into for multiple seasons and then keep them coming back. Cause that's how they're going to make their money. It's not the movies. The movies are not right. going to do it. They'll help people stay in the in between, but they're not getting you new subscribers. They just won't. Yeah. Cause to date their biggest ones are obviously stranger things. Ozark. Orange is the new black. Orange is the new black house of cards. Anything? Rest in peace. Yes. Rest in peace. Indeed. So that's four. That's really over it. Over the past decade that have really just been like, you know those shows. Those you, you are the big them. ones. It's not like outside the wire where you're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that like a weird video game on Sega that I like missed? Project like Power. Like I mean, I don't think I don't think tons of people saw that movie, so Though you know yeah. the one with Chris Hemsworth Extraction did really well. And that was that, that that sort of falls into that category though that one was was higher quality and they are making a sequel to it so we'll see there, there's some gray area but i think that that strategy that the hollywood reporter is reporting if it does go through would be a net positive for them hopefully yeah okay 
Let's wrap up with quick hitters here um, before the stream attacks us again and, and tries to sabotage our whole show. That was terrifying. Okay. Uh, some Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 casting news. They've wrapped filming, so this isn't like so-and-so has been cast. Like It's, it's a done deal. Um, Daniela Melshore from The Suicide Squad, she played Ratcatcher 2, has been cast and already filmed for that film as well as Academy Award nominee Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film. Yes. Uh, they both had... The roles are described as small, uh, at least in the case of Daniela Melshore, but nobody knows what they are yet. Uh, it's similar to the, the case with Chuck Woody Uwuji from The Peacemaker Show, though his role is big. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but those are two exciting names. Um, that's That reporting is coming via deadline. Next up... The we're inching and inching and inching closer to Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power on Amazon Prime video. And the creators of that show, particularly JD Payne, has said that they have planned for five seasons. They're fully planned out, and they even know what the final shot of the final episode will be. Say what? Is that encouraging, Kirk, or discouraging? Because this is a prequel, right? It, it, uh, yes and no. Like, like it is in terms of it takes place earlier in the timeline than the main Lord of the Rings movies, but I don't know that it's like, it's not a prequel in the way that the Hobbit is a prequel to okay. Lord of the Rings. Like there won't be as, there won't be very much character carryover. I feel like I'm going to be the TikTok video where day one of watching Lord of the Rings, <laughs> day 75, <laughs> and I'm going to be in full Gandalf uh, uh, garb. I think that's what I'm going to be with this because five seasons. I mean, I got to get into this. I don't know what it is, why I'm I'm not against it. It just yeah. doesn't, I'm not magnetized to it. So I'm going to get magnetized. If I have to watch Lord of the Rings every single night to become a super fan, to be ready for seasons one through five of the Rings of Power, then so be it. I'll do it for the crowd. I'll do it for the fans. You would only have to do like a week of, I mean, maybe two weeks if you go at a normal human pace of watching Lord of the Rings to be like as caught up or more than most people because there's, there's not, it's not a situation where there's like 30 Lord of the Rings movies. It's not like the MCU. Like there's the right. three main ones. There's the Hobbit movies, which are, <laughs> they are what they are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a whole world there that I love and I'm excited, but I keep going through this vicious cycle of getting really hyped for it and then being like, to defend myself against my own emotions, I go, no, don't get too excited. And then I go, actually, you know what? It's going to be garbage. And that's a, that's just a defense mechanism. It's me going, I'm going to keep calling it garbage because if it is garbage, then I won't be super, super sad. And then yeah. if it's great, I'll be like, awesome. I was wrong. So that's that feels like the safest space for me to be. Um, yeah, it so, sounds like you're on, you know, the Six Flags has the ride, the Joker. It's just a big pendulum swing. Yes. So when you're at the top of the pendulum, you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Yes. But when you're sitting at the bottom and you're just looking at everyone have fun, you're like, eh, I don't know, it's kind of fine, you know? And then it swings back and then you're just in like pure, uh, pure if, if, uh, euphoria right yeah. there. So I think I think that's where you're, you're going. It's you're a very and toxic and unhealthy cycle. And I would say that I've, I've <laughs> definitely been in the point for months now where every official piece of anything that they release from that show, like 
frames, like actual screenshots and things like that from it. I like analyze it. Like I'm trying to solve a, a, a cold case and yeah. it's, it's just not good. It's really not healthy or anything. So I feel safe where I am now, which is me telling myself over and over again, it's going to be garbage and hopefully it's not. And I'll be able to go full Lord of the Rings fandom and just geek out and be like, yes, I knew all along. It would be great. What if they cancel after one season? Well, that's the other thing is like, yeah, you can have, you can have five seasons planned. Right. And that could be a good thing. I think it's good to have that. I think that's great. Um, I don't think that's a red flag in any way. I don't, I don't know that you could ever say that it is, but if the first season sucks and Amazon prime video is like, we got to cut, cut bait here. Then it doesn't really matter what your plan was because obviously it wasn't very good. So that'd be so devastating, bro. Oh, they I hope spent, that does not happen. Well, you know how much money they've spent. This is the most expensive television show of all time. So there is uh, to say there's pressure for this to succeed is an understatement. <laughs> there is an intense yeah. amount of pressure. Like Jeff Bezos himself negotiated the purchase of the Lord of the Rings rights to do this show because he personally believed in the content and the like the world so that you know it's high stakes it's high stakes wow all right moving along a couple other quick hitters before we get out of here Top Gun Maverick had an excellent second weekend it followed up its 156 million dollar box office debut a record by the way for Memorial Day weekend with a really healthy 90 million dollar second weekend Um, we did review that on the podcast last week so go ahead and check out that review either in podcast form or on youtube and see our thoughts on it but that is a really surprising weekend too it had virtually no competition this weekend but still like getting that many people to go see your movie in the first two weeks is is big especially when you're not a marvel film uh, last couple things, uh, the I Am Groot series that will be a bunch of animated shorts will premiere on August 10th on Disney+. Plus. The Bad Batch Season 2, which is a Clone Wars uh, spinoff, will release on September, September 28th, according to Collider. And then that day that Pinocchio comes out, um, September 8th, is actually going to be Disney Plus Day. So they did it last year, Disney Plus Day. They had a few releases, a few trailers drop. It was kind of like a, a little mini fan event sort of thing. Um, they're running that back, and they're doing it September 8th this year. Finally, what to watch for this week, and this is a this is a big slate. Miss Marvel series premiere this Wednesday, June 8th. Obi-Wan Kenobi episode 4, which there are only six total episodes in that series, releases this Wednesday, June 8th as well. The Boys, Episode 4, releases this Friday, June 10th. And, as mentioned earlier, Jurassic World Dominion releases in theaters this Friday, June 10th. Anything else? How did they do that? How did all of the powers that be for everything that we talked about that has recently released and then everything coming in the next four days? (laughs) Yeah, dude. That's insane. It's insane. So so clear your schedules. It's going to be busy. We're going to watch all of it. We're going to watch it all. And it's going to be great. So fingers crossed we're going into a week of some pretty good content. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about a ton of it either this week or next week on the podcast. So with that, we're going to get out of here. Um, And thank you so much for, if you were on the stream, apologies for the technical difficulties. Uh, If you're listening in podcasts, 
ignore what I just said because that doesn't exist. That was a lie. Um, I'm going to use the men in black thing, but the thank you guys. Advisor. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for being with us. And we will give a special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as our band, not our band, but they created our original music rhetoric. And we will be hitting you with a spoiler free review of Jurassic world dominion later this week. And so we will see you guys then talk to you then guys. <laughs>